Welcome to Courage and Spice. This is the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'll share evidence-based resources and teach you proven coaching tools to help you transcend your self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick, a master coach and founder of the Self-Belief Coaching Academy. I'm so glad you're here. Let's do this. Hello lovely people. I've been thinking so much about why I'm loving these listener letters and I remembered the other day that I used to listen to this show on the radio, Radio 1, which was student radio back at Otago University in New Zealand in the 80s and there was this show on a Sunday night and it was a couple of students just dishing out advice And I don't even want to listen to it now because I imagine it would be horrifying. They always sounded a little bit drunk, but it was such a great show. And I just remember thinking, I'd love to be able to do that as a job, like as an agony aunt. So I think there is some part of me that's just getting fed by this process. So please do keep sending in your letters. We've got two listeners who have written in today about the topic of being disappointed in other people and they're both so good. So I'm really excited to share these with you. But if you have anything that's going on for you and you just like a semi-stranger's thoughts on, on what's going on, please do write in. Okay, so the first letter made me laugh out loud. I'm going to try and do it justice by reading it in the way I think Joanne writes and the way she perhaps speaks. So she says, Hey Sass, I've debated writing to you for several weeks and I'm finally pushing send because frankly I'm at my wits end. I should preface this note by explaining that my sister-in-law is American. She calls herself a yogini and eats cleanly, is obviously a vegan, and because she believes this makes her better than anyone else, is quite possibly the most annoying person on the planet. I can only surmise that my dear brother has been so hoodwinked by her ability to bend, he is willing to put up with the rest. As they have lived several thousand miles away for the last six years, I have only had to endure her on rare family holidays. But during the pandemic, my dad got really ill and my brother wants to be closer to family. So they are moving back to Blighty. Which brings me to my dilemma. My brother's wife is refusing to take the COVID vaccine and has some laughable beliefs about science. She will often use air quotes when saying the word science, which gives you some idea of what I'm dealing with. I'm delighted my brother is returning, mostly because of how happy this makes dear old pa but I'm buggered if she's coming anywhere near me or my kids, two of which have asthma. The entire situation is actually causing me a lot of tension. I feel baffled by her stance, but also quite angry at the risks she is taking. I'm so disappointed in my brother who thinks we should all just get along. I'm quite frightened of what this might mean for our family, both from a health perspective and the risk of conflict. Any assistance gratefully received. So, Joanne, your description of your sister-in-law is just excellent. You are so brilliant at capturing the essence of a person, and I have quite a good idea of her, so thank you so much for that. Crikey, wouldn't life be so much easier if people just did what we wanted them to do? And I think the thing that you're finding here is that actually adults can do what they want, they can think what they want, and they can behave the way they want, right? So she's making this choice, and it sounds like it's quite consistent with what you know of her. 
but this is obviously having some real impacts on you and you're feeling disappointed and but also some tension some sadness perhaps about what this means for family get-togethers and some understandable fear around the health of your own kids and your dad so all of this you know just makes me think that this is such an excellent time for you to practice some really healthy boundaries right and I think there's a lot of mystery around boundaries and people complicate it a lot but the way that I teach boundaries the way I I kind of coach people through them is to just very simply decide that when someone does that you will do this right when you do that I will do this so boundaries are really nothing to do with anyone else you don't require anyone else to change or do or be or say or think or feel anything different they're always your personal choice so you set a boundary to decide what you're going to do to take care of yourself and I think that you know when we don't have boundaries and this is always a bit of a clue for me when someone brings something like this to coaching is that when we don't have boundaries we accept the consequences for other people's behavior and then we blame them for how shitty we feel right and that just really sounds like what's going on here so someone will do something that doesn't feel good to us it's like oh no this is crossing a line for me it's not okay and instead of taking care of our own needs in that moment we make it their fault i mean that's so understandable right so human but unfortunately that just robs us of the responsibility for our own experience right and what tends to happen is that we then basically outsource that responsibility to the very person that has just proven that they don't share the same you know way of being as us same values perhaps or the same thoughts when we decide we're going to actually put some boundaries in place what we're really doing is putting ourselves in a position of choice putting ourselves in a position of agency because boundaries don't require anyone else to change because they're not to do with anyone else so all this means is that you get very clear about what you want to do and I think it's great that it sounds like they're not yet back in Britain so you have a little bit of time to just think about what do you want this relationship to be like with both your sister-in-law your brother and them as a couple and you're just going to get really clear about what that looks like for you right and do it now where there is some emotional distance right they're not kind of on your doorstep and you're having to make this up on the fly you've got some neutrality in here it's not in the heat of the moment so you can just give yourself some time and some space think about this quite carefully and all you're thinking about all that you're deciding on is what your needs are and how you're going to take care of them right so just to think about this in a really practical way you might decide well if she's going to be at family gatherings you're going to follow the science right because that's important to you so it means that you meet outside or if you're indoors you put your mask on or you open a window right you can always choose not to go right and you can always organize to meet up with your brother alone or make sure there are times when you and your brother can be with your parents alone right you get to be in choice here about what you want this to look like and she doesn't have to change she doesn't she never has to be vaccinated for you to feel okay 
right? You just take care of you and your family. You get very clear about what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. And you're willing to take that stance. And I think this is the thing. When we put boundaries in place, what we're really doing is saying, look, I've got the courage to just take care of me, even if that's inconvenient for someone else, even if that risk is disappointing someone else. Now, the cool thing about boundaries work, which I don't think we talk enough about, is that the reason it can be incredibly powerful to just voice your own needs and take care of yourself in the moment is that you start to build self-trust. It's like, oh, whatever happens, I've got my own back. I can just decide what's okay for me and then I can go ahead and take care of myself. It's an amazing experience if you haven't practiced this before. Now, the thing that happens when you start doing boundaries work is that you realize that it's true. You are going to possibly disappoint other people and they might push back. And that's really when you get to decide how you're going to respond. But I think having a little idea in your mind about how this is going to be received by other people and sort of planning for what you might say can just really help to sort of take any sting out of any responses. It's like, oh, I kind of know this person. I sort of know how they're going to respond. This is what I'll say. And you're just practicing, right? Boundaries are quite fluid. You can decide what feels good for you at the time. And it may be that, you know, as the science evolves, as the guidance evolves, so does your boundaries. All good. As your relationship with your brother evolves, you can change your boundaries, right? You get to decide. And you don't have to justify your boundaries, right? You don't have to say, well, it's because of the science. You can just say, I just don't want to be there, not feeling it. And all of this is just a way of learning how to be with other people and take care of yourself, right? That push me, pull you that we're all in. So I really hope that helps, Joanne. I hope that this meeting back up with your brother goes really well. But mostly I just really want to remind you that you have so many choices about how you want to respond to your sister-in-law. If nothing else, she sounds like a cracking character and will make for some excellent anecdotes for you. Okay, so our next letter writer is along the same lines, but a bit different. But I thought it made a really lovely pairing with Joanne. And this letter writer is anonymous and she writes, Good morning, Sass. Hopefully you are well. I love your podcast. It's given me so much and is really sustaining me right now with these practical strategies to overcome self-doubt. So I'm in the middle of a life coaching course. When it started, I loved it. I know this is my calling. I was scared and I had a lot of self-doubt, but I faced a lot of challenges and even added some. But now I feel like the owner of the course, who has made a big deal about how holistic, loving, spiritual, inclusive, etc. their program is, uses this program as a funnel to usher money towards their friends. I don't want to go into detail, but I'm so disappointed and disillusioned with the course and especially the course owner, whose heart is clearly not in working with students any longer, despite trying to seem that way. And the entire industry just seems to be a pyramid scheme of life coaches, coaching life coaches, coached by business coaches. (laughs) And I'm scared to succeed. I'm even more scared now as I feel like everyone becomes a sellout at some point when they reach success. 
how can I move past this? I want to reframe it as an opportunity to not ever become like that. Are there any life coaches who actually coach people who are not life coaches? Is it even possible to reframe that? Or do I just need to accept this as the reality? Oh my love, I just love this letter. I totally empathize. Your experience is all too common. Welcome to Planet Coach, right? And look, there is absolutely a pyramid scheme of coaches, coaching coaches. They could all kind of disappear up their own asses if they're not careful. But this is partly because the bar to entry of the coaching profession is is really, really low. It's completely unregulated as an industry you don't need to be trained or certified or supervised to call yourself a coach and let alone someone who teaches coaching approaches and tools they don't have to do anything to get there and the thing is it becomes pretty easy to spot the sort of bro marketers who are selling you know some solution usually a six-figure solution and you can usually spot them because on the home pages of their websites they're wearing like a Britney mic and speaking to a room full of people and they use words like crushing it killing it making it bigly you know who these guys are but the problem is it can be a bit harder to spot the folks that might not share your values when they actually seem to So I just want to reassure you and anyone else who's listening in and feeling a bit like coaching is a minefield. I don't want anything to do with that. All coaches are charlatans or just in it for the money. This isn't true. Coaching is just a relatively young industry. It's a new approach, relatively new approach to human thriving and human healing. And it's populated by humans and humans are messy and imperfect, but they will show you who they are. And it sounds like that's what's happening here like as you get to know your teacher you're seeing what she really values and there's a mismatch now with what you value that doesn't mean anything has gone wrong and I really want you to hear that there is a whole other world of coaches who do help other humans coaches who are in service to other people who are committed to this work and fascinated by the experience of clients who are in this for the long haul they commit to their own development and growth they're supervised they're trained they're certified this is a beautiful industry to be part of and there are also coaches who create income from affiliate marketing which is what you're describing And this is where folks will encourage their clients to buy the services of other people and they get a fee for that or they pay people who market the program to do so for their clients. So it's a kind of network marketing type approach. And that's a thing that I actually do. So I offer a referral fee to past graduates of the Self-Belief Coaching Academy if they refer someone who signs up because I figure my students are the best advocates for this work. And the way I do it, it's really transparent and open. Everybody knows what the terms are. So I don't think there's anything wrong with this approach generally. But it sounds like it's not the way you want to do things. And that's okay. You're totally in choice here. And I really want you to see just how much autonomy you do have. Right? So you don't have to buy anything that she's selling that you don't want to. And you certainly don't have to replicate this coach's business model. Right, You can just choose what you want to take from this program and what you want to leave. All of these choices are available to you. And even if you think something is unethical or even illegal, you can choose what you want to do about this. 
right? Nothing's gone wrong. <laughs> I really want you to see that when you believe your teacher is the bad guy, this is inevitably going to create these feelings of disappointment and disillusionment with the course and with the owner of the course. You know, how could you feel any differently? And it just sounds like this is leading to a kind of globalizing, right? That the entire industry is a pyramid scheme. This is such a sophisticated aspect of the way our thinking minds work, right? Your brain is just being really fancy, okay? So you're making the behavior of this one coach mean that the whole industry is a bit of a shit show. It's completely understandable. I think this is a way of protecting yourself, right? And you don't talk about this specifically in your letter, but my hunch is, and I may be wrong here, so please don't exchange my hunch for your own knowledge of what's going on, but it might be that you're judging yourself or feeling like you should have known somehow, or that maybe you think you've done something wrong. But how could you have known, right? When this coach marketed herself as someone who embodies holistic, loving, spiritual, inclusive values. And for you, that meant that she wasn't supposed to be behaving in this way. How could you have known all that, right? So I really encourage you to offer yourself just some compassion about that. And I really just want you to see that you're giving her a lot of power and energy and brain space, right? And these are your most precious resources. You're giving them away to this coach who it sounds like isn't really someone you want to give these things to. I just want to remind you of what you said in your letter that you believe this is your calling. So it's going to be helpful perhaps to remember that your energy is part of getting you to that calling, right? It's the fuel for you. And you are your coaching practice. And right now your energy is being directed at this teacher and at what's wrong with the industry, which is a pretty crappy way of starting off for you, right? So I want you to remember what you love about this work, what matters to you about this work, why this feels like you're calling. So what happens if you start to focus back on the people that you want to help? Who are the clients that you're here to serve? What are their lives like right now? What are they thinking and feeling and doing that's adding to their suffering? How can you help them? Like, what do you know that they don't? What do you believe about what's possible for them? And then can you find a squillion ways to talk about this, to tell people you're a coach and make offers to help them? Because my sense is that as soon as you claim how you want to show up to this work, what everyone else is doing will just be much less important. And the other thing that's going to happen, right, is that you're going to be faced with your own self-doubt about your success. You're going to be right in it. You won't have the distraction of this coach. Instead, you'll be creating your own body of work, making sense of what success means for you and how you're going to show up for your clients. You'll be in the pool with all of us, right, in the arena, as Dame Brené says, and the more fun you can have with this, the more you can enjoy the process of just telling people you're a life coach, making offers to help them, you know, the easier it's going to be because it's going to take time to build up your practice. And, you know, there is no destination. We just keep learning and growing and reflecting and being messy and human. And hopefully when we know better, we do better. So it's quite possible that in a year or two, you're going to look back and think, Oh, I did learn some things from this current program, from this current coach, even if that was in contrast, complete contrast to how you want to show up. That's still a great example to learn from. And it sounds like earlier in the program, 
this also was something that you were enjoying. So, you know, remind yourself of that. It's okay for both things to be present at the same time. It's okay for you to both love some of the things she's teaching you and not really jive with the way that she's running her business. That's okay. Nothing's gone wrong. Okay, I really hope this helps, lovely. This is such a fun letter to receive. And and to Joanne as well, our first very funny letter writer. You're both brilliant. Take care of yourselves. Remember, no one gets to make us feel disappointed. We get to decide how we want to respond. We're always in choice. Okay, my loves, take care. I'll see you next time. If you're ready to explore more about your self-doubt, I want to invite you to take the self-doubt archetypes quiz. It's totally free and you'll uncover your particular flavor of self-doubt. It turns out self-doubt is not this amorphous cloud of woe. There are 12 different types of self-doubt and finding out yours is the first step to getting a handle on it. Just head over to www.sasspetherick.com backslash archetype for all the details.